I guess I'll finish my coffee then. Okay. Slurp it for me. I, you know, I was just going to do exactly that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hey folks, welcome to Hey Brew, a podcast about beer and storytelling. Each episode, one of us brings the beer in a story with some kind of link between the two. Uh, my name is Elliot. And I'm Mike. We are on episode eight this week. It's a Mike Lad episode. I'm very excited to see uh, where this goes, to mm. be honest with you, because I have had a little sneak peek of the beer. But before we dive into that, uh, Mike, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah, we went out last night, saw a... One of our friends' bands yeah. are live at uh, a venue that has improved in the year it's been since we were last there seeing them play. I'm so disappointed about that. Yeah. It, was, it was a monumental shithouse when we were there previously, yeah. now, and I was quite excited about it now, being Now there. it's like a middle-of-the-road shithouse. Yeah, it's still very shit. But, yeah. um, I'd, I'd like warned my girlfriend that, hey, this place is going to suck. And then yeah. we got there and they've like installed lights and a neon sign that says what the place is called in the window. Yeah. So for the context, last time we went there, we walked past it about three times looking for it because it looks like a closed down shop or at least used to. Yeah. It did have these big like heavy like curtains in the front window. Yeah. It was very dusty. There was no light coming yeah. from it. It was very strange. Um, we got in there. The barman was smoking. Yep. Um, this and, is last year. Yeah. Talking about. Yeah. Um, Asked, asked what he had on tap and he pointed at the two taps and went, I've got beer and cider. As if somehow he had to think about what the second one yeah. was. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll have beer. He's like, do you want some chips? Turns around and like shakes the like tray in a deep fat fryer yep. and then just lets his ash from his cigarette fall into it. It was like, good for chips, mate. Thank mm, you. Yep. It was, a, it was a smelly joint. It was a weird joint. Yeah. I mean, it's still a weird joint. Yeah. I just remember there was this like real like hardcore emo kid um, collecting glasses as well. That's right. I forgot about that dude. Yeah. And his girlfriend was literally like, and I'm, I know people say hanging off him up, but he was literally hanging off him all night. She like mm. wouldn't let go of his arms. So he was collecting glasses one handed uh-huh. and he stank of BO. Oh yeah. It was so bad. But yeah, now it's better, but somehow worse. Yeah. In well, my the head. thing is like, it's just brighter. I would say all the weirdest elements <laughs> are still there. Like yeah. the guy just had Facebook up on a TV his own Facebook account, and yeah. was just like scrolling through videos and stuff last time. And that still seems to be a part of it. Yeah, like a big TV suspended yeah. above the area you would sit in. But then like the upstairs area, there was like another computer where someone else was playing different Facebook videos last time we were there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredibly uh, yeah. strange experience. If you want to go to... St. Kilda's weird as well. You, you can't K- find it. It's no. not on Google Maps. That's the problem. It's one of the best bits about it, to be honest. And also, I think that it fits so well in because the name of the bar is Lost. Yeah. Um, or is it? I don't not, actually know. Not to the sands of time. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's really strange because St. Kilda also quite a sort of slightly bougie area mm-hmm. full of like well put together bars. Like the bar directly yeah. opposite the uh, Village Bell. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Lots of glass, lots of plants. Mm-hmm. Really stunning. And then there's that. And it's yeah. just like someone's living room had a aneurysm. Yeah. And aneurysm. There we go. Yes. Anyway, that aside, we've been up to anything else exciting? Um, yeah, not so much. You know, usual sort of stuff. Yeah, for uh, You know, winter, so my options are somewhat limited in terms of things to do. Yeah, I think um, we've had a pretty good winter, though. Yesterday was 20C. Mm. Yeah, what the hell? It was, uh, why did I describe it like that? Yeah. 20 degrees Celsius, which is like 70 for our I, American friends. I don't know. No, I looked into this yesterday. Oh, okay. But, um. Yeah, so that's the tough winter we face here in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Melbourne, Australia's ostensibly coldest, wettest city as well. Is it? According to everybody else, yes. Yeah, okay. Except for like Hobartians who have it bad. Yes. Because um, it is cold and wet there. Yeah. Uh, what have I been up to this week? Not a lot. I, I went to Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot. 
here's a, a big thing that I did. I went to Sydney for work <laughs> and I had the, the privilege of working out of the uh, offices of Facebook. Uh-huh. Privilege is perhaps generous. You haven't seen their offices. Yeah. It's wild. Okay. I'm to be fair. Like skeptical wh- of the whole company. Whether Yeah, whether or not you agree with their policies, their security requirements for me getting into the building were much higher than that of getting hold of my data, for example. Uh-huh. Ha ha, satire. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it was amazing. They had just the most beautiful facilities. We had mm. a wicked time up there and did a great bit of work. Mm. I won't go into more detail because I talk enough about my job. Yeah, yeah fair, fair. All right. So as mentioned at the top of the show, this is a show about beer and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, Mike, it is your turn to be sure me is. and tell me a story. Yeah, like um, the sleepy child that I am. Yeah. Um, um, so I think last time you spoke about how your last couple of episodes have had almost a theme running through them. I picked this before making the same judgment about myself. Oh, I just realised. Yeah, because I went, what did I go? Coffee, and then Tim Tam Slam, and now today we're going to be talking about Pavlovas. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't had a pav in such a long time. Yeah, me neither. Probably Christmas was yeah. the last time. We probably should have got a pav. No, because, like, it's, I don't know. I don't know what we'd do with that. Eat it. Well, yeah, but that's, we've already got enough. On mic, on camera. Yeah, we've already got enough weird mouth sounds coming out of this show. (laughs) That's just us talking. Yeah. Speaking of weird mouth sounds, before we dig into the beer, Uh I am finally fulfilling a promise that I made to mostly just myself in that I brought you something to eat, Mike. Oh, Oh, you finally did. I have here Patum Piperium, which does sound a little bit close to perineum. Yep. Um, spiced anchovy relish, also known as gentleman's relish, which Great. is still my favorite name for a thing yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, we have some crackers here. Uh-huh. Um, and one of the crackers you're has supplied do, this. You're going to make me do this now. The other cracker it? has supplied some biscuits to put it on. <laughs> um, yeah, I am going to make you do it now, purely because I really want to see what you think of it. Okay. Um, is this like Marmite and Vegemite in that you should not put a lot on? Um, I would start small. Um, do you think there's much difference between Marmite and Vegemite? No. I don't think there is either. And this is one of those annoying things Australians do where they're like, it's different. So I mean, stop it, trying it might to be, be unique. It's slightly different, but it's basically the same It's the shit. same stuff. In the same way that I get annoyed about people being like, Milo's different to hot chocolate. It's like, it's not. It's a hot milky chocolate drink. And they're like, yeah, but it's multi. I was like, please well, explain what multi is to me. Yeah, and they're like... It's what Milo's like. Fuck yeah. you, that's a cyclical argument. Now, here's a cracker. You cracker. I'm going to keep running with that joke. Yeah. Here's some gentleman's relish. And here is the spiced anchovy paste I bought you know. Here is the knife. Okay. Gentleman's relish. Sounds like another name for smegma. That's the entire point that yeah. I've been saying the yeah, entire yeah. time. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Okay, don't edit us. that out. No, no, I'm <laughs> going to. Mike, I'm keen for you to relish the flip. Uh, no, forget it. Dig into it. I'm going to relish this moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, cool. That's better. Oh, jeez, I thought that was better no, attached than it um, is. I've, I've been worried about it in my car, but also, like, it yeah. doesn't... It's not very... It's not going to go anywhere. No. It's not, like, flowing. It's, it's got a thick consistency. All right, I'm just going to maybe do that much. Yeah, I think that's a great start. It's got a C consistency. Yes. All right, I'm going to have a wee sniff. Tell it. Do it as we do our beer. Mm. Smells, uh... Actually, maybe it's the cracker, but it smells kind of peppery, smoky. It, it, it is peppery, yeah. It's a Definitely spiced, smells like fish. Yeah, it's a spiced anchovy relish. There you go. All right. That crunch is coming through real well, for mm. the record. Yeah, it's almost like a pate. Mm. 
Like it doesn't. Uh, yeah, it tastes a bit like anchovy, but I'm not. I'm not someone who eats a lot of anchovy, so I'm not super familiar with it. I have one of the best past. No, the best past I've ever had in my life was mm-hmm. in um, at my friend's wedding venue one one afternoon slash morning when we were like having brunch. Well, yeah. he was like, "Can I just get spaghetti with some red? What did he say? It was like red calf mozz, um, parmesan okay. and some anchovies. Like mm-hmm. run through it. I've tried to repeat that. My God, it was so good. Yeah. Oh." Haunts my dreams. I'm, like, I'm actually tonight. I'm really into this. I was I was expecting to not like it going I, in. I'm slightly annoyed because that would have been better podcasting, but <laughs> it is pretty tasty. Do you want some? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's mostly empty for a reason. Yeah, I've had to stop eating it because I needed it for this. I've had it yeah. for weeks. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be making any friends after having eaten this. No, no. It's a good job that you already saw your partner today. Yeah. Um, I did take it to work to see if anyone would be interested, and I got like two people to try it. And is it because is it because it you told them it was anchovy paste, and they went, "Yeah, fuck that." Maybe. No. So rest that there. I actually think I told them it was my gentleman's relish. Oh yeah, okay. That that probably did it. Yeah, for some reason HR weren't interested in trying it. Yeah, weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the gentleman's relish. Mm. Ah, that's a definite article. Yeah, that somehow makes it worse. Yeah. I don't so, know, a gentleman's relish sounds... Just in here, it says perfect spread on toast. Like, would you put this with butter on toast or just, like, straight on? Yeah, maybe I would. Yeah. Mm. Get that out I've got to go. I've got to go get yeah, some butter yeah. and some bread. I've got bread. No. Well, it's a mildly disappointing feature. I thought it would be well, one of those things that you tried that, and didn't like. I think it's probably more for, like, anyone that noticed us mentioning gentleman's relish in the past. We're like, when are they going to pay that off? And no. I don't think anyone noticed it. No. I don't remember which episode it was in. No, me neither. It was early. Oh, well, this might get cut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mike. I'm very keen to try your beer. Yeah. So, Mike, because the ASMR of pouring a can never quite works out as well as we hope it will, why don't you tell us what we're drinking today? Yeah, you you start pouring. Um, So today, uh, we've got a beer from Collective Arts, which are based out of Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. Um, but it's a collaboration with uh, Mr. West, which I'm not familiar with, uh, based here in Melbourne. Maybe I'm being a fanny. Oh, I thought Collective Arts. No. no? Okay, never mind. Okay. I'm just being a fanny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's called it's called the Pavlova. Mm. Um, the side of the can describes it as a breakfast sour with mango, strawberry, passion fruit, vanilla, and lactose. Can I just draw your attention to the... The quite, artwork. quite horrifying artwork. Yeah. Uh, so there's a there's a note here, actually. The art is by Aaron Wolf out of Sydney. Um, Strayer. I, how would you describe that? It's like grotesque cartoon men with giant mustaches. Yeah, but like, and I don't a lot know of their why. faces seem to kind of like blur together. Yeah, their eyes are way sunken back into their heads. I don't know what's happening with uh, this can. And all of those eyes are bright yellow. Yeah. It's it's genuinely quite disturbing. I'm, I'm very into it. Poor mine here. It's um, an aesthetic I can get behind. Mm. Mild terror. Yeah, especially after talking about... Uh, Spooky wet things. Uh, Lovecraft, sorry. I just mm. had a complete blank while I was pouring that. That's quite um, right. Like it, it's fitting into that spooky aesthetic mm. that we're setting up. Um, well, like I say, that's my, that's my whole deal. Mm. It'll it, uh, spook. It certainly has that kind of sour aroma. Yeah, I completely forgot what I was doing and didn't sniff it. Yeah. I started thinking about the can artwork. Mm. Oh, can, wow. You can definitely smell the mango. I was going to say, right you can really that. get that. And also, because of the lactose, you can kind of smell the creaminess of it. Maybe that's just my brain putting that in there, but... The passion fruit as well and the vanilla. Maybe that's yeah. what's creamy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow, that really does smell like a pavlova. Oh, I just realized it says roll can before opening. Oh. Something we didn't do. Balls. Is that going to mess it up? I don't know. Balls. Cut the episode. Start again. I don't have any more of these. Cut the episode. So I'm just going to swirl the bottom of mine mm. and hope that it doesn't get too mad yeah, when we it's then. Unfiltered. Well, it's going to be quite intense sediment or... wise. Um, oh, oh, that just changed everything. So it just became quite, quite hazy. Mm. Because obviously we've disturbed some sediment at the bottom there. Yeah, I'm happy to just not pour the rest of that out. Uh, that you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a drink and then just drop the rest of it in. Yeah, hardcore. Yeah. All right, let's have a sip. Let's yeah. get it in our faces. Oh, that's fucking mad. Yeah, you ever had like, um, you can get like orange juice and stuff, but there's one that's just called tropical juice. Yeah, and it is basically a mix mix of like mangoes and oranges and maybe pineapple. It basically tastes like that. Yeah, I'm very into this. Yeah. Um, it's surprising to me that it's beer, almost. Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of like a New England IPA in that it looks and tastes a bit like fruit juice. Yep. Um, obviously this, yeah, a bit more of a, a sour kick to it. Mm. Um, but not I, to I'm the, enjoying that sour kick though. It's yeah. not like puckering. It's yeah, just that, like a slight... That's what I was going to say. Is like I, I tend to steer away from most sours just because they tend towards the very sour end of the scale. Yeah. And it kind of puts me off a bit. Kind of make a suggestion of a, of a nice entry-level sour. Mm-hmm. This is actually consumer advice, folks. Uh-huh. Um, if, you're in, if you're looking to dabble in the sours, I recommend um, Sierra Nevada's Otravez. Okay. Which is probably not pronounced correctly. You know, Otravez. Uh, sure. Anyway, um, fantastic. And I believe it has something like... Um, cactus in it or something oh, like that it's right. got some kind of mad ingredient in there yeah. which i'd be pretty excited about but yeah it's um really tasty sour mm. i had it on a hot day okay yeah um it was my first sour i enjoyed because i'd the only one i tried before that was like one of the roddenbacks mm. like belgian sours which are oh, incredibly yeah. sour that's that's probably more the stuff that i've tried at things like beer festivals and they're really trying to push that yeah well, it's a very traditional old school hardcore yeah. sour but um this ultraverse i had it on a very hot day I was sat in my apartment at the time in uh, in open doors in front of me, mm-hmm. heat coming in, and I was watching um, the good. No, I was watching a, a fistful of dollars. Okay, I think maybe it's, no, uh, it wasn't the good, the bad, and the ugly. It was definitely a fistful of dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, first time I've seen it. I love westerns. I okay. just don't watch any movies, so I've never seen. Yeah, any yeah, yeah. And I've um, strange fantasy cowboy tendencies. Yes. So I was sat drinking my lovely, lovely beer. On a lovely, lovely day while watching a great movie. Yeah, cool. It's a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking uh, like Stomping Ground. I've had their watermelon squash. 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 Mm. What am I saying? Squash. I was thinking of like their guava smash as well, mm. which are like really I light. I it's pronounced they're, smosh. Yeah. They're really light on the sourness and trying to just get the fruit flavors through. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, there's definitely like that element of like almost like a citrusy sour yeah. from them. It, um, I guess my point is like, I'm having to basically retrain myself to go, oh, maybe I do actually like sours. I just mm. need to like learn, like get get myself into them a bit more. It, it took me a little while. Yeah. Um, but like all beers, I learned to love them. Yeah, but it was more just like, there was a wave in the last couple of years where they just kept coming out and they were oh, just it's gone mad and they were just going nuts with the, the sour aspect. And I was like, ah, oh, look, it's not for me, but there's so much other stuff out there. Well, as we discussed before, you know, there is a, there, there are definite trends in brewing mm. that it went, you know, uh, IPAs and it went to big stouts and then yeah. it went to like double IPAs, new England IPAs, yeah. sours. Um, at the moment I'm seeing a lot of, um, 
Lagers and Pilsners making a bit of a comeback, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, like craft lager. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, yeah I could see that as it starts to get warmer. Yeah, Getting a lager fan. that actually has a bit of flavor to it. Yeah. Um, but then you're also getting a lot of these things with lactose coming through, with like mm. a creaminess to them. Yeah. I think um, I'm, I'm looking to make a chai vanilla spice stout. Like big yeah, imperial stout. That's, that's doing a lot. Yeah. Um, probably something like 8 9%. And I'm going to include lactose in it to give it a bit of that creaminess, I yeah. think. So, Actually, um, to bring it back to this beer, you mentioned the lactose. I'm getting a bit of that the more that I've had. And it's, mm. it is cu- quite a smooth, creamy mm. um, body on it, I, I guess I would say. Yeah, it gives it like... Um, oh, it's really wanky and stuff like that. But it gives it like a mouthfeel, mm. which is hard to explain. But you've got the vanilla flavor. And then it's not like... Um, because it's not overly carbonated, it just yeah. sort of washes across your tongue, and it's yeah. that lactose does it does always feel like you've got like a creamy sort it's, of it's it is very pleasant in the, mouth. in the mouth. It really is. It's it's a dessert. This beer yeah. is a dessert. Yeah. If someone had served this to me and be like, "That's your dessert this evening," fine. But, but it says breakfast sour. If someone had served that to me and said, "That's your breakfast this morning," yeah. also yeah. fine. Yeah, um, it's funny actually. Uh, you know, being the Pavlova beer, I went out for uh, breakfast this morning and got this hotcakes thing. And the list of ingredients read like a pavlova. And I was like, this is so on on the nose. Yeah. But it was like, you know, the hotcakes, it had like ice cream, f- uh, fruit, and this little meringue biscuit thing going on. And it was like... Shit, man, if, that was meant to be. Yeah. Well, if they'd stacked it up slightly differently, it would have just looked like a little pavlova. Yeah. Smashing. Now, I might have taken a photo of it, but then I just ate it because it was delicious. <laughs> My breakfast was ever so slightly disappointing this morning because I had leftover bread from last night mm. and leftover dips from last night and a small bit of yogurt and muesli, which was actually quite nice. Yeah. But your breakfast sounds heaps better. Yeah. Um, it was really but, nice. But, but I've not been working out recently because I've been sick and too busy, so yeah. I don't deserve hotcakes for breakfast. <laughs> he says, drinking a big old beer. Yeah, a big old can big old for can the lad. Um, all right. Yeah. So, any final thoughts on the beer before we... Uh, it's a pretty color, yellowy orange yeah. all the way through. Um, I'm a fan. I'm going to sit here and sip it and enjoy it while you tell me all yeah. about yeah. this week's topic. Yeah. So this week's topic is obviously the pavlova. Um, Conscientious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something that like, there's a, there's a few things that fit this category of things that people from Australia and New Zealand violently argue about who came up with. Yeah. Or who owns it. Like right? Russell Crowe. Uh, that's more That's more the reverse of neither of us want him. Yeah, violently. <laughs> um, who came up with Russell Crowe? I, I don't know. Mr. and Mrs. Crowe, I assume. Idiots. Yeah. Um, you know, Farlap is another example of one of those. I know what Farlap is yeah. because I live here in Melbourne. Yeah. Yoga needs to tell everyone uh, what Farlap is. It was a, a big racehorse that was incredibly <laughs> dominant at the time. Have you seen it? It's in the Melbourne Museum. No, I've not. But I mean, I'm really keen to. But it's the fact that you described it as a big racehorse yeah. as opposed to like saying it was a well, champion no, but, racehorse. But that, but that was it's, part of it is that he was so large. A big horse. He's a um, big boy. Yeah. It was, I want to say like early 1900s was mm. sort of when he was running. Um, yeah, but he's, he's preserved in the Melbourne Museum, right? Yeah, but originally from New Zealand. And that's sort of one of those things of like, yeah, it started there, but did all of its winning over here. So it's, mm. that's why it's contentious. Uh, the, yeah. So the Pavlova is a, just for people who might not be aware, uh, is a meringue based cake dessert. Um, meringue being basically just whipped egg whites and sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, usually with a meringue, you know, the outside is quite crisp or crunchy and then the inside is soft and airy, isn't it? Yeah. marshmallowy in some cases. Oh God, I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, bastard. And then a pavlova is basically you take a meringue and then you put whipped cream and fruit on it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's pretty banging. Yeah, and the thing is, like, because it is basically just egg whites, sugar, and that, and then whipped cream. Like, that's a pretty neutral platform on which to build a dessert. Mm. So you find a lot of variation in the sorts of fruits that people will add well, because basically anything will go with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, New Zealand paths tend to feature the kiwi fruit pretty heavily. Uh, How creative! Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, it's pretty decent. Yeah, I think in a, I think Australian pavlovas like passion fruits are quite popular. Um, They're very passionate people. No, nothing. I've got nothing. No. Right. Um, but yeah, like my my mum would do one where there were kiwi fruit, but then she would take like flake chocolate bars and kind of like crunch them up over the top of it. Oh my dick! That's yeah. well good. And then also, uh, my hometown is uh, Nelson back Wait, in New Zealand. Are you going to talk about boysenberries again? I was going to talk about berries more generally. Because they also go really well with this. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, we would have like a combination of strawberries, raspberries, and boysenberries all sort of from the local area. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. Blueberries actually work really well as well. Sick. And they're a superfood. Yeah. <laughs> that was said with a heavy dose of irony for the record. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so the Pavlova was named uh, after Anna Pavlova, a famous ballerina oh, the tennis player. of the time. No, oh, no I'm I just I Anna Konnikova. Yes, um, sorry, I won't, I won't go. This this won't be like the history of Anna Pavlova, but there are some really badass facts about her that I do want to hit. Okay, so just before that, where's Anna Pavlova from? Russia. Yeah. So what, neither Australia expect? nor New Zealand nope. is claiming her. Uh, no. Yeah. So Annoying. she was born uh, February eighteen eighty one, died nineteen thirty one, aged forty nine. Mm. Um, she was active for maybe 30 years or so, sort of 18, 99 through to 1931 I've got here. Yeah. Um, pretty young. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> probably, probably a bourgeoisie at the time. Well, things so like killed at, by the Soviets. Th- this, was, this was a time uh, in human history where A, people were very into ballet and B, an individual ballet dancer could be a household name. I can't think of a single ballet dancer by name right now. Oh, I can think of a few, but can I just say, by the way, <laughs> because I made the joke about Anna Kornikova, uh-huh. for some reason I then internalized that Pavlova was a tennis player. Yeah. And then when you started talking about ballet, I completely lost it. I was like, the fuck has that got to do with yeah, anything? Yeah. Okay, sorry. So she's a ballet dancer. Yes. Great. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> Where are you going? I thought she was a tennis player because I'd made a joke about it and then I obviously didn't listen. But then I told you. Yeah, I know, but it's too late. I've already gone. <laughs> Um, fuck's sake <laughs> she yeah she's most famous for a creation of the role of the dying swan um, I, I guess that's I, still I can a famous, picture that I feel yeah. like I know what that is yeah um, and she was the first ballerina to tour around the world that's pretty fascinating yeah so just quickly I, by the way I saw a um, I saw a trailer for a movie on YouTube this morning mm-hmm. uh, about a Russian ballet dancer uh, who uh, is, a, is a gentleman um, who was like touring during the Cold War mm-hmm. between the East and the West and stuff like that. And it was like, it looked really quite interesting because I quite like Cold War thrillers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called The White Crow, which I'm Ooh. almost certain was probably like his name. Yeah, probably. But that's a bit of a mad name. Like yeah. Crows aren't known to be, well, white, no. first of all, or like a portent of anything good. Nope. But still, yeah. yeah. Soviets just love their ballet. Yeah. Uh, and one, tennis. One, one little interesting note that was... Uh, more, more for my own benefit, because I didn't know this. Ballerina is sort of the word most people tend to know, but that is a gendered term for female yeah. ballet dancers. The male name is ballerino. That makes sense. It'd be Italian, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, but there's also a hierarchy of titles within uh, ballet. So uh, Anna, Anna Pavlova was what's known as a prima ballerina, which is like second the, to the top level as far uh-huh. as the hierarchy goes. 
And then the male equivalent is Premier Danseur, spelt D-A-N-S-E-U-R. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I would have thought Primo Ballerino. Yeah, that ballerino. would have been, been good. Primo Ballerino, by the way, sounds like um, a, a kid's character. Yeah. Something from like Rocket Power. You ever watch that? Nope. Oh, it's a cartoon kind of... about skateboarding children. It's amazing. Why have I never seen that? That yeah. sounds wild. Um, so the, the, the like maddest part about her was sort of the events leading up to her death. Um, so while touring in The Hague, uh, she found out that she had pneumonia and that would require an operation to, um, you know, get her better. Yeah, after that. Yeah, and she was told that she would never be able to dance again if she had that operation. And then she refused to have it, saying, if I can't dance, then I'd rather be dead. Fucking badass. Yeah. Um, she then later uh, died of pleurisy, which is a inflammation of the, the membranes around the lungs. Yeah, cheerful. Um this slightly reminds me, tangent, sorry, apologies, of, um, I believe it was Arnold Palmer, the golfer. Yeah. He had a... Uh, oh, you say the drink. Arnold Palmer, the Cocktail. ballerina. Yeah. Um, the tennis player. Is it, is it, who's a iced tea? That's Arnold Palmer's, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. I think. Uh, anyway, so Arnold Palmer, the golfer, I believe he had to have an operation. I think he had a car accident on like his hip or his knee or something. And they were like, yeah you're probably never going to walk again. And yeah. he was like, fuck you, watch this. Next year won the PGA Championship. Yeah, that's, like, yeah, that's so I'll good. I'll show you. Um, so the, the one that last... might all not be true as well. I might have yeah, that from who knows? Carl Pilkington or something. Yeah. Uh, the one last thing about uh, Anna Pavlova, um, not so much about her, but more this is what they did after her death. Did they whip her with eggs and sugar and then put cream on her and fruit? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell- <laughs> that's literally how you make a Pavlova. Okay, yeah. Why no, do you look at me that? That it was wasn't, mental. It wasn't that. No. She, she was I mean, dead. Yeah? Why would you do that to a corpse? But doing it when she's alive would be weirder. I mean, you could at least ask her if it's okay. I was about <laughs> to say the dead can't say no, but that sounds wow. way more yeah. sinister. No. And I don't want that on the record. Wind that back. Oh, that's going to be taken out of context, isn't it? Yes. There's a few things on these uh, episodes that when cut out as sound bites and isolated, it's just going to... Yeah, it's going to be used as evidence. Yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, so uh, this is apparently in accordance with old ballet tradition. The day that she was supposed to have next performed after her death, the show goes on as scheduled, with a single spotlight circling an empty stage where she would have been. Sorry, what's a, so instead of the show, the show comes, but there's no yep. show. It's just a spotlight. Yep, and it just circles an empty stage, and that's the show. That's so insanely sad. Yeah. And poignant. Kind of like poetic. Yeah. And also, you'd be pissed if you paid. <laughs> I feel like the kind of people that are going to, you know, high-profile ballet shows will know, you know, like some, some people that go to musical theatre, they know traditions that happen as part of those sort of shows. But And also, they would have heard that she was dead. Yeah, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like, they probably still put on a show. Mm. Maybe, I'm not sure. Oh, wow. But yeah, wow, fuck. Yeah. Imagine just sitting there and just, jeez. Yeah, it's kind of like you've just got to sit there and just think about it for however long a ballet is. Fucking when I die, do that. Yeah. I I assume you'll be around because it'll be soon. Yeah. <laughs> We're actively poisoning ourselves. Next day I was going to go to work. I want you to just put my screen on timeout. <laughs> That's the equivalent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a screensaver. <laughs> Toaster screensaver thing. Yeah. <laughs> toasters flying around what are you talking about that classic yeah yeah, yeah, okay, yeah another okay. one yeah, yeah or like the 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 dvd player thing where it just bounces around the screen and changes <laughs> colors and never hits the corner instead of saying dvd it says ded yeah dead <laughs> dead video <laughs> great 
<laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, <coughs> yeah. Me. Sorry. So, do continue with the yeah. incredibly sad story of the life well, of that, Anna that, that, That's now we've, we've sort of wrapped that up. Now we'll get into the actually history of Pavlova the dessert. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to get hungrier. Yeah. Basically. So the I like, like that we're bringing a lot of a lot of comedy material out of this sadness. I know. Well, it's about to get better. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. I'm out. Um, so yeah, like I, I grew up knowing this first part of the story that I'm going to tell you, which is that Anna Pavlova toured Australia and New Zealand in the 1920s, um, and it was it was known that uh, in 1935 a hotel chef in Wellington created it basically to honour her on her visit. Uh, it turns out that was probably wrong. Um, yeah, I heard it was made in Australia. Uh, mm, so. <laughs> That that account was written in 1935 by a biographer of Anna Pavlova, which I think would have been about I think it's like four years after she had died. Um, the Australian claim, uh, as far as you know, Australia inventing it, basically is that there was a chef in Perth around 1935 that came up with the Pavlova. Um, I, I call bullshit on that because there aren't any chefs in Perth even now. <laughs> Not anymore, maybe. But been, been to Perth once, just calling it out as a cultural wasteland for fun. It's actually quite nice. Yeah. Um, in it was sort of like 2008, 2010, around that time frame, the Oxford English Dictionary uh, had something in there about the pavlova and its origins. I don't know why either. They jumped on that quick, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Like um, Encyclopedia Dramatica. So, yeah, they were basically saying the first mention of a dessert called a pavlova was in a 1927 cookbook called Davis Dainty Dishes, uh, which was published in New Zealand by the Davis Gelatin Company. So it was, I'm so a little was, bit amused by the name of that, and I don't know why. The Davis Dainty Dishes? Yeah. I thought you would be for some reason. <laughs> it just tickled me. I'm very pleased. Yeah. But the, the problem with that... 8 out of 10 going on eBay to buy that later. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with that is that it wasn't a meringue-based cake as we know of Pavlova today. Was it jelly-based? It was a multi-layered jelly dessert. Of course it was. So does. it's basically like the origin of the name, but not what we know it as. And that, that kind of grew to be the, the difference between Australia and New Zealand's claim, is that New Zealand came up with the name... And Australia came up with what the dish actually is. Okay, so what I'm hearing here is that New Zealand came up with the name of a thing that Australia invented. And by coming up with a name, what you mean is they stole it from someone who was dead. Yeah. So actually, it sounds like Australia came up with the patent. It's like patent trolling, basically. Sounds like Australia came up with the patent. We'll get to that. Um, So yeah, New Zealand was basically claiming anything called a pavlova uh, is evidence that they got there first. Because they put a name on it. uh, On something different. Yeah. yeah, but then there were these two researchers uh, by the name of Dr. Andrew Paul Wood and Albert Annabelle Utrecht, I think it is, U-T-R-E-C-H-T. It looks like Utrecht, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, isn't that also a place? I think so. In like Holland or something? Yeah, that's that's what I thought as well. Um, I didn't look it uh, up though. Look, both of our geography skills, obviously no not good. that great, yeah. but um, um, we're running with it. Yeah. Utrecht, in Holland. Yeah. yeah, but they're a New Zealander and an Australian respectively, mm-hmm. and they paired up to research the history of Pavlovas, which sounds like a great job. Um, and they spent a they, they I think they started sort of mid two thousands and they've kept going. Um, I, I love academics and some of the oh, shit yeah. they come up with doing. Well, the, the, yeah, so the, the, they have a, a Twitter account which is called Doc and the Frock, which I don't a know. A little how, bit offensive. Yeah, a little bit. But, but they came up with it, so fair enough. I guess it's okay. Um, I, I looked at that account actually. They've been they're basically like tweeting every day. It's more. It's not so much specific to the Pavlova. It seems to be mostly food history, pavlova or dessert adjacent stuff that's just like kind of interesting. Um, a dessert history Twitter. Kind I of. am fascinated. Yeah. Uh, but they have a website as well called pavlovadoco.com because they were 
at least of 2015 when they put out a press release, were making a documentary about the history of the Pavlova and trying to like expose the truth of it. So there's a there's a great um, comment from Frankie Boyle on Not the Week once, which was talking about academics doing weird mm. things, and they were like, scientists can just do whatever they want these days, you know, as long as it's classed as research. It's, yeah. Are you going to spend some time working on uh, on cancer today? No, no, no. I'm going to see how many wine gums it takes to choke a kestrel. <laughs> and this is the kind of academia I'm into. Just absolute nonsense. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, that's pretty good. But yeah, like I'd I, watch that doc. So that was in 2015. The press release is on their website. I haven't been able to find too much since 2015, 2016 in terms of their it, research. It's going to be on Kickstarter any day now. Probably. Um, but it lo- like it looks like they're still active in the field i guess of meringue based desserts <laughs> um so it's a wide open field that one yeah they must, but they must be able to take their pick of assignments. i've got i've got a few like n- notable things that i pulled out of <laughs> I a few notable meringue based researchers no, no i mean i found the two I, I can't imagine there's many more and what journals are they publishing surely like good food magazine <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, that like I found a, part of the research is based on an article from Good Food. Yes. <laughs> uh, but so here's the thing, right? So we're talking mostly about Australia and New Zealand making claims as to owning the Pavlova's invention. They found more than 150 recipes for meringue-based cakes, uh, which are almost identical to what we know as a Pavlova, published before Anna Pavlova toured in 1926. Huh. I mean, I can I can kind of believe it realistically. Yeah. So basically what they were finding is that one of the earliest versions of that, something called a Spanish wind tort, which was... Fav- I'm sorry. You can see it here. It's it's almost like the word Spanish, but it ends in S-C-H-E. Oh, it's like it's, a it's like a German spelling of Spanish. Yeah, it was favored by the Austrian Habsburgs oh, there we go. of the 18th century. I, I, I was thinking to myself that maybe it just didn't have a name before that and they just called it the... Until a yeah, Pavlova yeah. arrived, yeah, and then yeah. they were like, "That's what it is." Yeah, that makes way more sense. Well, what were you like off the menu? Um, quite into the blank. We have none of that left. I'm yeah. afraid. Ah, balls. Uh, I guess I'll just have the um, sticky date pudding then. Yeah. Um, How good sticky date pudding? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> just I'm just hungry now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a similar tort recipes brought to America by German immigrants mm-hmm. to the Midwest, um, and the invention of the hand cranked egg beater in the late 1800s led to them basically blowing up with American housewives and they all started making them. So we're kind of saying like, uh, I think there's a little bit of English history in here as well. It's basically like English, German and American origin as far as what we know as a pavlova. I'm loving that like things like the invention of the hand crank egg whisk has resulted in the invention of the pavlova. And yeah. I think like just strange things. And everyone's just like, man, I could do this. It's so easy. Because before you would have to hand whisk like 20 egg whisks. Have you ever hand whisked eggs? No. It's bullshit. But you also you have, have to, to get se- them to that consistency. But you also have to separate the egg whites out. Which is, well, yeah, but to do it over and over again. Like there was part of the uh, an interview with these two researchers where somebody went to their house to interview them, basically, or one of them. And they had basically spent all day separating out, separating out all these eggs so that they could try to make one of these old recipes they found. Then they were just like whisking for 45 minutes straight. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely bullshit because yeah. you have to whisk it so much that it yeah. starts to sit up. Yeah. Um, and what have I got here? Yeah. So the Pavlova... cooking tip. Right? <laughs> yeah. the... get, get a kitchen maid. Yeah. Not so... not like a lady. Oh. I mean, like it's a, a piece oh. of hardware. I need to go send an email. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel. Cancel. <laughs> Cancel order. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Vladimir. I can't. I can't accept your sister into the oh, country. Oh no! 
Um, and a Pavlova. <laughs> and a Pavlova 2, colon, electric boogaloo. <laughs> electric hand whisk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Pavlova recipe, as we know it now, might have actually travelled to Australia and New Zealand on the back of a cornstarch box, which was imported into New Zealand in the 1890s. I didn't know where you were going with travelled on, and then you went on the back of, and I was like, is he going to say like donkey? And then you were a cornstarch box. I was like, what? What a weird place to put it. Oh, as a recipe. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So basically it's it's seeming like... Very much a, the Jesus of desserts. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> co-opted by white people that's pretty much the jesus of desserts yeah. uh so basically <laughs> i don't really know i'm going with that Fuck. all right sorry carry on <sighs> I'm trying to get through my notes jesus yes yes been over that um so it it basically it doesn't seem like there's a singular birthplace for the pavlova dessert um and but it's it's kind of weird right because it's it's such a distinct thing and it's kind of everywhere that you just assume that there should be one and that's kind of why these two countries have chosen it and kind of gone no we did it no we did it. it's like no it was already a thing yeah i guess and you just kind of consolidated that into an identity it's actually strange though i think like food history is full of a lot of things where it's like yeah. god knows where it came from yeah but it's damn good but yeah so it's basically yeah it's basically like there were it seems like from what i was reading there's a bunch of things that were all kind of similar to what we know a pavlova to be. Mm-hmm. And then somebody at some point kind of pulled them all together and said, "This we're going to call this a pavlova. And then there's other things that might still be out there which are similar, mm-hmm. but distinct in some way. Uh, it's it's like a researcher looking to find the nearest like relative to another animal. Yeah, yeah, kind of, actually. Um, it's, but, but, but this doesn't roam wild. Yeah. Very much just gets made and sits there. I wish it was. You just go out and catch what? a pavlova. There's a there's a tradition. So you know how we have like the drop bear thing in, in yeah. here? In Scotland, um, you can go hunt haggis. What? As if haggis is a living, breathing thing. Um, You're just catching sheep, aren't you? Well, no, they say, they say that the haggis is its own animal and they, you, oh, okay. you, you can go haggis shooting. Like it's, a, it's amazing. you know, to, to annoy tourists. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I'm a big fan. Yeah. It just looks like bagpipes roaming around a field. It's kind of what haggis looks like because yeah. it's just a stomach. Have you ever had it? Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. I love it. Um, Food so tip it's, number two for today. Yeah. Eat haggis. It's great. So it's, it's basically a form of social invention, um, which was a term that I saw in one of the articles where it's kind of everywhere and everybody's kind of building on the idea and then it eventually like distills down into mm. this thing that we know. It's also this other topic uh, called morphic resonance, which is kind of similar to this. And that's where you've got like distinct populations coming up with similar things at the same time without any form of communication. Yeah, sweet. Um, Quantum it's, it's invention. Sort of. It's it's from this... Uh, that's generous of you to say sort of, not sort just of. shut up. <laughs> I'm, I don't know, being generous. Um <laughs> It's from this British biologist called Rupert Sheldrake. Um, he was born in 1942. He Good came up name. with the term morphic resonance. Morphic resonance. Yeah, I'm going to use that when like I make sci-fi, a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the morphic resonance has resulted in catastrophic failure. Yeah. Um, it writes itself. <laughs> what? It writes itself? <laughs> I just heard something else. What did you think I said? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like Australia and New Zealand are basically like guardians of this food item, even though they can't decide over who came up with it, quote unquote. It's it's kind of like everybody knows it. it's from this region of the planet, but it's not really, but it is now. Yeah, fair enough. Um, like yeah, I kind of lamb. Men- yeah, kind of mentioned it before. Australian pavlovas tend to be a crunchier meringue mm. and then uh, 
common toppings being sort of cream, passion fruit, mm, uh, mm. with the New Zealand one being more of a soft marshmallow interior for the meringue. And then cream and sliced kiwi fruit um, is pretty prevalent. So your citizenship, birthright, bloodline, mm-hmm. love for New Zealand aside, mm-hmm. which is better? Um, I I do prefer the New Zealand one just because like the meringue that I had on my breakfast this morning, it was basically like this wafer biscuit. It basically snapped when I tried to cut it and mm. it had no softness on the inside. I would agree with you. Yeah. Because actually that is... Infi- uh, one of the many daily issues I have is the infuriating crunch of a meringue falling apart when you try mm. to eat it. It's like a hard taco yeah. when you try one of those and it just crumbles to yeah. dust. And the thing is like pavlovas I've had over here... Like yeah, the the inside is kind of soft and airy, but the that outside basically snapping on you. Yeah, it, just it falls makes apart. it hard to cut. Yeah, yeah and it, it also has no uh, like structural integrity. Once you mm. put it in a plate or whatever, it kind of just like falls apart. Yeah, which um, you know it's it's a bit of a mess anyway. But yeah, I'm with you there. Um, if you want something that's great, that's kind of like a pav deconstructed. By the way, you should try mm. Eaton Mess. Oh I've, yeah, I think I've had that. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like I sort of mentioned before, it is a really flexible dessert in that it's egg whites, sugar, air, cream, and then whatever fruit you want, you know, like you basically put anything that you would with, uh, sort of sweet desserts. Like you probably wouldn't put savory things on there, but I saw a recipe. It was like a pumpkin pavlova with like a peanut brittle. Ooh. Yeah. And I was, and I thought about it for a bit and I was like, yeah, that might actually really work. Yeah. Cause you, you wouldn't tend to see like. What I would describe as like a bitter dessert thing, like no. with it, like chocolate, and like you you get chocolate you, you shavings it. on it, but yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have like not a dark chocolate, but you you still could because it's basically yeah. just with cream. But you it's, wouldn't you wouldn't well, I can say you wouldn't have like chocolate cake style chocolate, but you could, couldn't you? Yeah, and then, yeah, fuck, because yeah, it's just whatever plus cream is really all it tastes like, cream and sugar. Yeah, meringue's just there to look pretty and Hold be delicious. Yeah. fuck, mm. pavlova, what a man! I know slash dessert slash lady. Yeah. So the last few points here. I've got are about attempts to create the world's largest pavlova. Uh, I'm here or, entirely for this. So in uh, 1999, so there's a museum, the National Museum of New Zealand is in Wellington. I really thought you were going to say the National Pavlova Museum. I wish that was a thing. But uh, Te Papa, the National Museum in Wellington, uh, they were celebrating their first birthday in 1999. And to celebrate, they created the world's largest pav, which was 45 meters long. Shit the bed. And they called it Wait, to Papalova. Pavzilla. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. Uh, and it was cut. Pavzilla. And then, and then <laughs> the, I didn't uh, really appreciate that. Prime, Prime Minister at the time, Jenny Shipley. Prime like, Minister. <laughs> yes. Uh, cut it in some ceremony, I assume. I don't know. I was 10 at the with time. A, I didn't see it. Like, you know, when they do like a ceremonial ribbon cutting with a big pair of scissors. Do you yeah. think they had a big, big Pavlova knife? Yeah, it's like a 20 meter knife. Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, the idea that a pavlova knife exists. We've already discussed the butter knife. Yeah. Well, it's it's so soft, you could just use a cake slice and just like use the side of it. You could if you're a heathen. Yeah. What would you use? Piano specific- piano wire. <laughs> just slice Garrot it down. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very much the 47 of desserts. Yes. Uh, and then 2005, that record was broken uh, by some students at the Eastern Institute of Technology in Hawke's Bay, also in New Zealand. Uh just, it, it just was, goes to show there's not a whole lot going on there, is there? Hey, food technology. What do you want? No, I mean in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this this time it was <laughs> 64 it. meters long. Fuck me. Now, do you want to guess what that one was called? King 
Pavara, like oh, King Ghidorah. You're so close. It's Pev Kong. Pev Kong. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad I went down the Universal Monsters route. No, yeah. not Universal Monsters. I don't know. Giant, giant Monsters. Yeah, route. yeah. Yes. I'm very pleased with myself, yeah. actually. And then... Uh, Wait, okay. What are you, where are you going? I mean, what have we got left? We've got King Kong. We've got Godzilla. It's yeah. not. It's probably not going to be Ghidorah. There's, there's, Wait, there's no more Pevs. Is there funny Mothra names. ones? Oh, no, okay. no. Pathra. Yeah. Pevra. That I don't know what that is. There's, a, there's another one that I don't know the name of. Another no. big kaiju thing. I got nothing. Okay. Anyway, uh, the tell fight, me about the latest one. So, 2010, uh, the chef Aaron Campbell made a 50 square meter rugby themed pavlova in an effort to raise money for charity. Okay. Yeah. I don't really know what to do with that. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm into it. I, but also, I yeah. like the phrase, in an, in an attempt to, uh, to well, raise as, money for charity. Well, as part of a yeah, wider fundraising drive. I'm going to raise money for charity. And everyone's like, you've done it. I'm not going to get it. Everyone's anything. like, no, actually, I just, I just had a pev. I'm actually good. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I just ate. <laughs> <laughs> I, just put, I, just, I just put gum in. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that that's kind of um, a quick run through of the, the history of the pavlova and sort of current thinking around its origins um I, w- I would say it's pretty well researched i just didn't have time to get through all the detailed stuff that they had out there don't worry i'm very pleased with this i'm just disappointed you didn't bring a pavlova as well i yeah. mean this beer i am almost finished yeah uh it is going down spectacularly and mm. is taking place of a dessert quite yeah. well so i'm okay with that but um yeah it's exciting i didn't yeah I, this is like i feel like i'm betraying my entire both my home country and my current country of residence by saying actually neither of us came up with this fucking thing. Oh, right. I thought you meant neither you or I. I was like, wait, come up with what? This is your episode. No, no, no. neither of them came up with the pavlova. No, no. It's they're probably both, closest to the Spanish wind tort. They're both making incorrect claims. I don't really know where to go with this. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's the end of what I had. Yeah. Oh, it took a weird turn. I like <laughs> it. Uh, unlike us. Uh, yeah, no, we're usually straight down the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing unusual here. Mate, I'm well into that. I am I am real hungry. Uh, but, uh, can I say, like, this is going to sound quite shitty mm. in advance. I apologize. Every time you tell me what your episode feature is going to be on, I'm always like, how is he going to stretch this out? I know. Like, it's on Pavlova, and I'm like, how is this going to be fun and long? Yeah. And it was. Yeah. It's on the Tim Tam Slam. It was. It's yeah. on coffee. It was. I mean, we hope it was fun yeah. for you, but yeah. like... Well, thank you for the kind words. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's skeptical kind words, so it's yeah, kind of like yeah, a, yeah. it's a shit sandwich. Don't do one on that. I'm all right. I don't no, need yeah, to yeah, eat yeah, a shit no, sandwich no. beer or anything like that. No. But, um, I don't know if one exists. I hope they don't. I really hope not. No. I mean, they, there is some mad beers out there, but mm. good time. Yeah. Um, oh, that was wild. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just hungry now. Like, I really am. Yeah. Like, I need to get some food after this. Like, yeah. I know you had a brunch, but maybe uh, we'll edit and then go that get was, some food. Yeah, that was like all four hours ago. I could eat. Grand, because it's going to happen. Uh, awesome. Well, I, I guess any closing remarks? As far any as closing the, remarks? This is very much a debate. Yeah. As far as the pavlova goes, no. I really want to have one now, though. Yeah. I'm sure, <laughs> Like, I'm just trying to think where we could get one at this point. Oh, you can, you can just... I mean, it's not the best not way the to do it, but you can just, just buy, buy one from the supermarket, put cream and fruit on it. It's a lot, though. But that's a lot of work. Yeah. Like I want to just go somewhere and have a slice of pav. Yeah, because we, we both live alone. And far away from each other. So it's yeah. not like we can just be like, here, I'll, I'll come around yeah. for some more pavs. But even then, half a pav is a lot for one person. How much? How many pavs do you think you could eat? Because realistically, don't forget what like we say, the actual meringue itself, pretty lightweight. It's, yeah, it's mostly air and sugar. Yeah, so the, it's the fruit and the cream that's going to mm. do you. And if you use a thicker cream, so like yeah. if you use double cream, yeah. 
how many pavs do you think you could eat? And let's say it's the fruit of like your mum makes, for example. Yeah, I reckon like I could, I could make myself eat a whole one. I wouldn't want to. Cause I, I think I could nail two. Yeah. And I think when I get I, into I was, the third, I'd be, I'd be like in I a was, serious, like, mm, I'm yeah, good. I, was, I was being conservative, like one easy. Maybe, yeah. I think maybe, I think maybe two. Quite quick, but yeah, I wouldn't be having a good time after that, man. I'd be quite keen to do an eating competition one day. Not like just between us, but like go <laughs> do one of those, like how many burgers can you eat? Yeah. But that, that's a very, that's a much more dense food that you're playing with at that point. Yeah, no, I still want to do it. I just no, want to eat no. a lot of burgers. Don't they do eating contests at Gab's? Do they? Sometimes. I think I've seen pictures of people like on, on the, the usual sort of long table and they're all facing the same way and they're holding some sort of food. Fuck, what have I been doing in my life? I mean, drinking at the beer festival. Good point. Yeah. Um, there is um, so there is a hot dog shop in Chapel Street that you might be aware of called Massive Wieners. I am very aware of it. It's a great name. Yeah. Um, and I'll go into that in a second. But they do like a two foot long hot dog wow um and there's like times on the walls and most people do it in like four to seven minutes for example mm. and then there's someone on the wall that did it in like a minute three and i'm wow. just like what did you do yeah did you just like take the bun out soak it slurp it down like you do the hot dog eating contest and then yeah. take the sausage and you go <gasps> yeah someone, and just someone who's a practiced like sword swallower i was thinking the same thing yeah. not anything filthy <laughs> um once again my mum listens to this yep sorry mum um, no, but I, I, I'd be quite keen to have a go at that. I think I could do it pretty, pretty decent time. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, so massive wieners goes by a different name in my household of just me, but and also you, like, well, and your cat tight friend group. Uh-huh. But he doesn't really talk about it too much. He's no. not, he's not into hot dogs. Okay. Anyway, um, because one time I had been having some drinks and mm-hmm. stuff at my mate's house, a uh, friend of the show, Tejas, mm-hmm. TJ, they're never called Tejas. Um, and uh, we were talking about it and I couldn't remember the name of it. I was chatting away to him and his housemate. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, so you know, it's, it's the it's the hot dog place that's like got a, like a jokey phallic name. It's called like Big Dick Dogs or something. <laughs> <laughs> because it's called Massive Wieners. So now yeah. like it's known as Big Dick Dogs to that's like fantastic. my friend group. There was a like fish and chip shop near where I went to, where I was uh, living when I went to uni. And it was like the classic thing of it's 1am, I'm going to go get some chips that are covered in like garlic butter and is that a thing in New Zealand no it's just this one shop that made it very much a Fuck. thing for them but they had these giant hot dogs on a stick and they called them donkey dicks <laughs> <laughs> oh now I've not seen a donkey's dick but uh, okay so you I'll, remember the name that's for sure I'm gonna do three quick fire ones here go on then I hope this is entertaining one there's a fish and chip shop in um Coogee near a pub called the pav yes Right, um, on brand. Yeah, which is called Chish and Fips. And I saw it about wow. nine times before I realized it was called that. And I was like, oh, fuck. Um, two. Um, I uh, know that there's a, um, a fish and chip shop near my friends in Burnley in mm-hmm. the UK. Um, not Burnley here in Victoria, mm-hmm. which does a like a doner kebab. But instead of using a pizza bread, they use a naan bread. I'm like, Ooh. yes, banging. Okay. Um, and three. I went to a restaurant in Beijing opposite the hostel I was staying in. Yep. And uh, it was delicious. I had this like fried bready sandwich thing full of meat and like lettuce and stuff like that. It was, uh, it was genuinely delicious. Yeah. And we were like, oh, this is so good. And we were like, what is this character? Like it's something meat and we can't work out what mm. it is. Yeah. We looked it up. It was donkey meat. It was oh. a donkey restaurant. Oh. And it was so good. And then I was like, 
what is this that's so expensive? Yeah. And it's donkey cock by the inch. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. I didn't try it and I really wish I had because fuck it, why not? When yeah. in Rome or Beijing donkey restaurants. Yeah. Like I, I ate dog when I was over there and stuff like that. I've eaten some curious stuff. I've eaten turtle. Sure. Not very good. Okay. Um, dog, pretty good. Um, wow. I don't think I ate snake. Kind of annoyed about that. Uh, but yeah, donkey, delicious, man. Real good. Okay. Really good meat. Wow. Fuck, I'm really hungry. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, I'm not because of those last three anecdotes. I'm hungry because of other reasons. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant that, like, that's made you not No, hungry. no, no, no. No, those oh. last three stories have done nothing for it. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But no, I'm just generally hungry. Mm. We should get out of here. You should get some KFC. That. You love KFC. No, I really don't. He's never eaten KFC in his literature. Well, I'm no, sure you've eaten in the past. I've eaten it in the past. He doesn't I, like KFC. I currently live 700 meters away from one, and I will not <sighs> succumb. You fool. Um, Maddie um, lives so close to one that every time I left her house to get in the car I no. could smell it oh. and I managed to resist it all but like twice yeah okay. I was pretty proud of myself <laughs> um, okay back to business we should actually get out of here yeah um, okay uh, hit us up on the socials uh, Mike yeah. please tell us what are those social media accounts I sure will um, so across Instagram Facebook and Twitter you can find us at Hebrew Podcast uh, the email address is hello at Zone. if you'd like to uh, send anything in any suggestions maybe for beers or stories or yeah. corrections on any of the many things we've probably gotten wrong in, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the time we've been doing this. Tell us about the dying swan technique in ballet Ooh. with an attached gif that you have created yourself. Yeah. I, I want to see some amateur ballet. Yeah. Or yeah. professional ballet. Like I'd be kind of, yeah. I mean, I don't want to go and see ballet, but I'd like to see someone demonstrate what that is without yeah. having to I'd go like to YouTube. To show me ballet. Yes. Yeah. Um, what else are we going to say? Oh yeah. Uh, iTunes reviews, mm-hmm. uh, are always, uh, appreciated. Yep. Uh, cause as much as I dislike this fact, it is still pretty central to the way podcasts are promoted. Yeah. It really does make a, a make a huge difference for us to be able to get this for one of a better word message out to the masses, mm. um, uh, to get a little bit of, uh, feedback from, from the, uh, from the listeners so leave us a review um chat to us on social media send yeah. us an email with stuff we'd love to hear from you if you're listening and yeah. uh, you're enjoying the, pro- the yeah. uh, product for yeah. a word. the uh the last thing i'll mention is the website oh yeah uh hebrew.zone you can find episodes there if you want to just listen to it in the browser mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. for me but some people seem to do it um there's also links there out to all the various providers that were listed on yeah um, basically if you listen to podcasts on any of the major services you can find the information about yeah. it there and if not of course there's a link to the RSS feed you can you know just do it yourself drag it in yeah, yeah. beautiful um, I think that's everything I'm pretty sure that's everything let's get out of here and get some food in us yes alright well look thank you very much for joining us uh, this has been Hey Brew I've been Elliot I've been Mike cheers that's quite slick not bad good size as I look at that not bad show me the size of this cap Fucker, not bad. Two, two seconds in, not bad. Good choice. <laughs> Jesus.